and welcome to JLGB Virtual We Are Live. As part of JLGB's recent adjustments to the coronavirus lockdown, we have been helping parents and young people stay entertained and active all online. In order to adapt our delivery to the government restrictions, on the 23rd of March, we launched JLGB Virtual, which runs every Monday to Thursday evening. This is our way of ensuring that we can continue to delight, inform and entertain young people so that they can have fun, learn new skills and make a difference. Sessions include skills like magic, upcycling, coding, physical activities and the focus of this podcast series, interviews with expert speakers from a range of backgrounds, including famous actors, social entrepreneurs, government ministers and more. The reach of Virtual JLGB has far exceeded our expectations, with over 350,000 people viewing online and several hundred interacting directly via Zoom each evening. We hope that through this podcast series, we can expand our reach to even more who may not be able to join our live shows. So, what will this podcast be? Well, we want to share the knowledge and experiences of our guests with more people. Inspirational figures like Lady Nicola Mendelssohn, the VP of Facebook in Europe, who was one of the leading women in the tech world, or Brett Wigdort, who founded Teach First and fundamentally changed the education sector for the better. Or even ITV's Judge Rinder, a practicing barrister who has entertained thousands with his reality courtroom show. These people have so much to share and by following these podcasts, you'll have access to all of our interviews from our past shows. The interviews are run by young people like myself who are absolutely in awe of having this experience. So if you have any questions or want to get involved, please reach out to us on any social media platform. Just look for HQ and message us. We have so many exciting guests for you to listen to and we hope you'll join us live soon. For now, join us through our catalogue of guests, starting with radio DJ and presenter Ashley James. Enjoy. Tonight we have a very special guest for you who's fastly become a true ambassador of JLGB. She's joined us at our youth volunteering celebration with Craig David in September, and we're delighted that she's back with us again this evening. For those of you that don't know, Ashley is a presenter, DJ, model, fashion designer, and social media influencer. And we are so proud to have her here to help us all think positively and get us through these difficult times. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our very special guest, the amazing and phenomenal Miss Ashley James. Hi, everyone. Hi, Ashley. I do. I need you to introduce me everywhere I go. That was amazing. Thank <laughs> you for being so lovely. And hi to everybody watching. Um, I'm really happy and proud that I can um, be a little part of this tonight. I think it's amazing. I've just been watching uh, for the last half hour, and I just think it's um, such a cool platform that you have. So thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. Thank you for joining us, Ashley. We're very grateful to have you here on JLGB Virtual. We've had thousands of young people watching us each night. 
and um, we're trying to keep um, connected and entertained. Why do you think it was so important to join us? Um, obviously, I, I managed to um, join you at um, your event a few months ago, and I just thought the atmosphere is amazing. It's so nice to see so many um, people doing so many amazing things and volunteering, giving up their time. I feel like um, young people get a lot of bad press. You know, you only ever see the things that they're not doing or doing wrong. People are always moaning about the youth and it was just really nice to be a part of something really positive. Um, and I think especially in these times, obviously it's like very uncertain and um, I imagine there's a lot of like stress and anxiety and worry. So um, I just think, you know, to be a part of this like really positive community and to hopefully be able to um, offer a few words of wisdom or if not just to be a part of um, the amazing platform you guys have, then um, I feel really proud and honored to have been asked to get involved. Um, well, we are going to be taking some questions later for you, so I'm sure you'll um, be able to impart your words of wisdom. Um, for now, though, you're, you're a DJ, you're a presenter, you blog, you model. It's fair to say you're a woman of many talents. Um, what, what do you think your main passion is? Um, so I have a rule basically uh, where I just follow any passion that I have so whether that's because of work or whether it's just a hobby um, I just try not to limit myself so my career passion has always been presenting it's something I've wanted to do since I was little before I even knew it was a job you know you just see people on TV and I always wanted to be part of that and I um, studied English literature and journalism and I always knew that that was like where I wanted to go although I didn't know exactly where it like where it would lead to or how I would get get to do it and then the DJing started just because I've always loved music I studied music at school I did all my grades and um, just when I'd have to go to a lot of events with work I kind of always noticed there was music around and I just kind of thought well if they can do that I can do that and that's kind of my my motto with everything and I hope that you guys will have the same like if you see anybody doing something as long as it's not like a skill but even if it's a skill you can study or you can practice if someone else is doing it we're all born equal um, you know we're all born as babies so if someone else is doing it why not me so even though I didn't have a clue how to get into television or radio I didn't have a clue how to be a DJ I just kind of um, sat down and thought right I'm going to do this and I think what people don't see is all the hard work and the rejection that happens behind the scenes I think especially in this industry whether it's Instagram or DJing or most definitely with TV and radio, people only see your successes or your highlights, but there's always, always a lot of rejection, a lot of people that tell you you're not good enough or you're not right for this or you're not right for that. And I think my advice would be if you ever, ever get told no, just remember that's one person's opinion and you don't need to prove yourself to one person because there'll be somebody else that will see your worth and you just keep going and you just keep getting better especially I think as a, a DJ as a woman it's much harder to be taken seriously and when people tell me I'm not good or you know or I'm not right I'll think right how can I get better then and how can I be right and I just don't take no for an answer and I kind of um, not thrive off the criticism but I think okay I, I can't wait to come back to you in a year and be so good that you'll be feel embarrassed that you originally turned me down and um, so yeah, I think that would be my advice to anyone listening. Just don't 
take don't take one person's opinion um as proof that you're not good enough like you are good enough if you really believe that you're meant to do something then keep going and like I said with DJing and Instagram it was never a career plan or blogging or writing it was always just like a hobby that I started doing and then it led into work truly inspirational words there for um for everybody out there um I am like I'm out of words like honestly it's so touching to hear that people can go and do whatever they want um where did this all start from for you um I heard you uh, grew up in Newcastle is it true you grew up on a dairy farm yeah I grew up in a dairy farm in between Newcastle and Carlisle so for those of you that don't know the only way I can describe it is if England's here and Scotland's there so that's like the border of Scotland I live just below it so you've got Newcastle on that side, Carlisle on that side, and I live right in the middle here. It's like the middle of nowhere. No one's heard of it. It's officially the centre of Britain. If you go from the most northern point to the most southern point, eastern and western, it's this tiny, tiny little town. I grew up there. My parents are born there. They've never moved out of there. So I, I guess I just grew up in a very small town where nobody really knew about opportunities that, you know, like, television or, or any of the kind of like creative industry everyone you know just kind of like grew up in that town um and I went to school in the Lake District so again like really remote in the middle of nowhere um and I don't know I just would always watch tv or listen to the radio and think like oh I love that I want to I want to do that how can I make it happen so I did some research and um I found out that 20 minutes from my house is a town called Carlisle. Some of you have probably heard of it. Some of you probably haven't. Not much goes on there. But they had a local BBC radio station called BBC Radio Cumbria. So when I was 16 and um, during the summer holidays, I thought, right, my mission of this summer is I'm going to get a job at BBC Radio Cumbria. So I wrote to them. I didn't hear back. I tried to call. They never like answered or they never got back to me so I just stood outside literally stood outside the building for like a couple of days being like excuse me do you work here do you work here can I have a job can I have a job and I did it so much that eventually someone just felt sorry for me and they were like do you know how to make tea I was like I made the best cup of tea I'd never made tea before but I was like yep I made the best cup of tea you need me inside so that's kind of how it started I'd just make tea and coffee and you know I felt really grateful just to be in the building so it wasn't even that I I was like oh what another tea you know I was just like does anybody want tea does anyone want tea do you need more water are you good like do you want me to go to the shops and get you anything and I made myself so helpful that they wouldn't have wanted to lose me um and then eventually they started letting me do uh, what's called vox pops is where you get a little microphone and you get to go into the town and so I'd have to interview people about the most random things like if the price of school uniform had gone up, they'd be like, right, Ashley, go into Carlisle and find out what the members of the public are saying about the price of school uniform. So I'd go and be like, excuse me, would you like to talk to me about for BBC Radio Cumbria? What do you think about the uniform? And you know, you'd get all the different opinions and then I'd go back and they'd edit it and that would be like on the news section so that they'd be like, there's been or there's reports that school uniform's gone up by 10%. We sent Ashley James out to find out what the public were saying. And then it would be the little, thing and that was kind of how it started for me and I still went to university and studied but I did my university radio show 
Um, and like for me, that's another big thing, like never ever cut off your options because you can still pursue your dream while still um, kind of having a level of stability. So I was still trying to be a presenter even when I was at university, but I know that I've got my degree. I've, I always have that security. And at the moment I'm actually studying to be a life coach. It's just something I've always wanted to do. Again, it might not end up being a career because I'm already busy with like presenting and DJing. Although at the moment I'm not busy with anything because you can't have a DJ in lockdown. But again, this is um, what I think, why I think it's so important to always follow your hobbies because I, like it's kind of, I wouldn't say a blessing because obviously it's very tough and I'll get into that and what I'm doing to stay positive. But it's kind of like giving me the time to, and who knows, like maybe, maybe I'll, um, end up qualifying to be a coach quicker than I thought I might do but for me it's all about hard work not taking rejection and just keep pursuing your dream even if it's just a hobby because a hobby can always turn into a job later down the line. You've worked so hard in so many aspects of your life um, including you've built a fairly impressive social media following with over 270,000 followers um but you've used that you've channeled that to talk about important topics anxiety body confidence um why do you think it's so important to speak out about these topics um i think i i use my social media um to try and be positive but also to be the voice that i wish i'd had when i was younger and I think um, there's so many negative things about social media, but there's also so many positive things. And for anyone watching that has social media, if you feel that it's a negative place for you, that it makes you unhappy or anxious, make sure you delete or unfollow or mute anyone that makes you feel anything but positive. Because I think it's such a good and interesting, like I've learned so much on Instagram. Like I don't follow any, anyone that talks about diets, I'll mute them or unfollow them. That's not gonna make me happy, you know. And, but then I learn about the refugee crisis or even like makeup. There's so many like, so much makeup. I never even knew how to do my makeup without social media. And there's all these things that, whatever you're passionate about, you can follow people that are doing it so you can learn from them or um, it can just be like a really positive space. And I think especially during quarantine at the moment, like it's kind of become a haven for a lot of people, including myself. Like I'm looking at other people for their, their schedules and their daily routines and their silly things that they're doing. And, you know, whenever you feel a bit stressed, it can be like a really positive place to go. And what I would say, especially at the moment when there's so much uncertainty, if you're following anyone that makes you feel anything less than happy, just unfollow or mute them. And that's your right to do that. Like you have to tailor your own online experience. That's um, very inspirational. Um, as a youth organization, we're all about inspiring empowering young people and um we've i'm the fourth host of glgb virtual we're asking somebody new to do it every week um this is my first opportunity presenting something um what advice would you have for me and for anybody else who's giving presenting their shot firstly i'd say that you're doing an amazing job so well done um and <laughs> Do you know what it is? It's, it's almost having the belief that 
you deserve to be there because everybody like I I know a lot of um you know like famous presenters be it I don't know like Keith Lemon or M. Tack or whoever it is and everyone no matter how big you get everyone kind of suffers with that imposter syndrome which kind of think is that internal voice being like how on earth have I got this job like have they made a mistake do they, do they think that I'm good do they think that I know what I'm doing and if you let that voice overtake you you just have to keep telling yourself no I, I am good and if everybody started somewhere and everybody everybody as long as you love what you're doing that's all I will say and I guess it's being yourself like when I first started actually I'll tell you a really funny thing like when I first started so I quit my job my normal job because I was like I need to get into presenting and I did this presenting course so it was a four-day course in um East London and at the end of it you get a showreel so you know you have a green screen behind you and you do all these different bits to camera and so I sent it to everyone I knew and I wrote to ITV and any production company I could find I sent it to everyone like this is my showreel and I made it really targeted like I've seen that you've got these shows or if it was a production company I was like I see that you hosted the BAFTA red carpet I just like to put myself forward for the next one because I think I could be the best Host that you've ever had and looking back it was almost like a bit delusional but you kind of have to have that confidence because like I said if not if why not you if it's going to be somebody why not you and I think it's just like a having the belief but also like I said before and the most important thing especially if it's presenting hello Ashley um, was a rugby player and he sent Sorry, um, could you just re repeat that? I think you um, cut out for a second there. Oh, can you still hear me? Yeah, can now. Okay, and um, where did you hear up to? Um, you were saying that um, if it could be anybody, why not you? Yeah, so um, that's basically what you have to just remember. And when I first sent my showreel out to everybody, a friend of mine was a rugby player and he sent it to quite a famous TV presenter and the TV presenter replied saying my advice to her would be to not quit her day job like she's awful and I could have let that I still think of it now and funnily enough we've actually worked together at some points and he won't even remember that that happened but I always remember and I like kind of smugly think like if I'd have listened to you I would never have been here so just don't let the opinion of one person let you destroy your dream like keep going keep fighting and um like I said just remember that it, everybody started somewhere and, and you just and also do you know the really scary thing for me was when I decided I wanted to really be a presenter it was putting it out there to people that knew me because I was so scared of what they would say and I was scared that my friends were going to judge my show reel and like talk about me behind my back and be like oh my god can you believe that Ashley wants to be a presenter have you seen her show reel like that's awful and I remember before I posted it on Facebook being like come on you can do it you can do it you can do it you just have to press like publish and I had to almost say to myself if you want to be a presenter your friends are going to know about it sooner or later so you need to do it and what I've come to realize is that happy people and people that really care about you want you to do well and they want you to succeed whereas the people that will 
talk about you behind your back or be negative about you. They'll be negative about you no matter what you do. So you may as well do what you want to do because they're going to talk anyway. And the happiest people are going to be happy for you and they're going to support you. Um, but the most important thing is believe in yourself because a lot of people won't really believe in you. Like even when I said to my parents, I'm going to be a presenter, they were like, yeah, that's great. But how are you going to pay you? But you know, they, they, they only believed in me, like they're happy now, but they only believed in me to a certain extent. They were like, well, that's great, but make sure you still get your degree or make sure you think about the long term." And they'll sometimes say to me like, so when are you going to get a normal job? And I'm like, no, 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 this is, this is my job. So, um, yeah, I guess in a nutshell, it's keep going, don't take criticism and don't worry about the judgment of other people. Just focus on your life and your passions and all the positive people will find you. Um, talking about positivity, you've, um, you were part of Celebrities Big Brother's Year of the Women series, celebrating 100 years since women won the right to vote. You've yep. spoken passionately on issues such as feminism, being objectified and sexism experienced in um, your industry. You mentioned before being a, a woman DJ, it's hard to be taken seriously. Um, do you think these things are improving and um, how, how do you feel being a female role model? Do you know what? It's interesting because if, of course things are improving. If you look back to 100 years ago, women only just got the right to vote, but there's always room for improvement. And a lot of people, both men and women, will say to me like, oh, because you're like a feminist. And I feel like the word feminist has such a, like, a mixed response because it kind of has connotations of women who go burn their bras or women who hate men. But actually, I think a lot of people are feminists, men and women, without realising, because being a feminist is basically saying that you just want equality. And so that's equality for men and equality for women. And it's basically saying that if you're a woman, you deserve to be paid the same or to get the same respect as a man doing the same job. And if you're a man, that means that you, if your daughter or your sister or your mum or your female friends apply for a job that you know that they would, A, not, to have, not have to worry about being harassed in their workplace, being judged because they wear too little clothes or too many clothes, or, you know, you, you want your sister or your daughter to be able to walk down the street and not have to, like, face people coming up to them and harassing them and essentially being paid the same. So I think it's really important. And because of the word feminist, it's a bit of a sticky one for people, but actually I really believe that most people are feminists. They just don't know that they are, because we all want equality because equality works for men too, because it's like, for me being a feminist and wanting equality means equal rights for divorced parents. And you know, it, it works both ways. I think there's improvement for both men and women when it comes to equality and um, so doing celebrity big brother for that year it was really flattering to be a part of it it was cool to get to hang out with um you know like a whole load of celebrities and again going back to imposter syndrome i was in there thinking how on earth have i been booked as a celebrity like how am i living with john barnes who used to play rugby for england and shane lynch who was in boyzone i used to have boyzone posters on my wall and suddenly he's making me breakfast and um you know like courtney act who's a drag queen and all these like people and i i remember thinking like why am i in here <laughs> but it was an amazing experience and um 
also not too dissimilar to the experience that we're all in now because obviously we were living in a house we weren't allowed to leave <laughs> um and like luckily now we've got phones and technology so we can all communicate with each other but we didn't have any phones or internet in there so it was actually like a really interesting experiment because me as I'm as I'm sure a lot of you guys are always speaking to friends on the phone or on the internet or sending emails or whatever it is and so it was quite a, a big lesson to realize how much you distract yourself um, and then once you've got nothing and once you're just with those people it was kind of um, there were a lot of positives from it like you really kind of learn about yourself and other people a lot more and the thing I loved the most about not having the internet was actually having whole conversations when in real life you could normally just google it so i'd be like guys what was the name of that film what film you know the one that had this actor in was it that no what else happened in the film and then you couldn't guess it so you'd be like guys come over here do you remember the name of the film whereas these days you're like already googled it and you're already telling like everyone so it was quite it was quite nice in a way um but it seems like a million million moons ago now um that sounds like an incredible experience to have um, been through. In your very varied um, career, you've also launched a clothing line made of recycled plastic bottles. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about that and just a bit about why um, you think supporting the environment is so important? So, um Originally, I, so I actually had two clothing lines. The first one I did on my own, which was a slogan t-shirt company. So slogan t-shirts are quite common now, but when I launched it, it was again, a feminist um, t-shirt range, but it was all around um, equality. And I gave the profits to a charity called Habitat for Humanity, who help, um, again, it's all around equality. So men and women, the most vulnerable people in the world. So some examples of their work is they are building um, female-only toilets in India so that um, in India it's taboo to talk about periods or you know women can't go to school if they're on their period so it was building this female-only toilet which would have like the right sanitary products and um, they do loads of work all around the world so that was the first one that I did um, and then the second one you're right was um, it was with a brand called Little Mistress who are an online brand and they basically approached me saying, we'd love to work with you. We'd love to bring out a clothing collection with you. And I'm such a control freak with like, you know, when it comes to work, I don't want, I feel like there's a lot of like celebrity clothing ranges where, you know, they're just happy to put their name on anything. But for me, I really wanted it to be like things that I was proud of and things that I wanted to wear. And I thought it was a really good opportunity to look into, um, sustainable fashion especially because it's like a high street brand and um so yeah they managed to create um clothing out of recycled plastic bottles which i think is amazing because having like a large ish platform it's good to make people aware that that is possible like especially when it's still fast fashion that it can be sustainable and it was just like a really nice thing to be part of I'm a massive fan of diving it's something that I've got into in the last few years I can't wait for this to be all over so I can go back I feel like diving kind of like opened up more of the world to me because there's such a big world underwater 70% of the world is water and um you know to see sharks and turtles and fish it's like being in like 
the little mermaid or finding Nemo in real life. Like it's just the most mind blowing thing to be able to be like down in the ocean. And one of the things I start to notice was a lot of like plastic, a lot of waste. Um, I saw dolphins playing with plastic bottles between them. So um, yeah, it was just something that was very important to me to kind of make sure if I were to bring out clothing range, it would be sustainable. Uh, that's brilliant to hear. I believe we have a few audience members bursting to ask you some questions. So um, I'll hand it over to Emily to pick some volunteers. Hi there, thank you very much. Um, anyone got any questions, just raise your hand and then we'll come to you and you can ask your questions. Anyone got any questions I'd like to ask her? So what's in a lifetime opportunity? Oh, Miley, hold on a second, Miley. Um, how long have you How long have you been presenting for? Hi, Miley. Um, so I have been presenting for properly. I started in two thousand and twelve. So you're probably much better at maths than me. How many years is that? Eight. Um, eight. Yeah. Yeah. So you knew. Um, so yeah, about eight years. So. Um, I guess the thing is with presenting is that you can have like a few months where you're really busy, then a few months where you're in between projects. And um, so it takes a long time to get to the point where you're like a Holly Willoughby or an Emma Willis. Um, so um, yeah, it's a, it's a, a long but very enjoyable journey. Does anyone else have any questions? Molly, would you like to ask a question? Okay. Because you're a DJ, what's your favourite song that you've um, sang? Or not sang, that you've like made? Do you know what? It, when I DJ, it really depends like on the crowd. So I've done a 15th birthday party. I've done a 60th birthday party. I did a 70th birthday party. I've done festivals and my favorite song always depends on the crowd because for example, if I were to play Stormzy to the people who were 15, that was like the song of the night. They loved it. They were dancing. Whereas I know not to play that for the 70 year old's birthday party because they would probably all leave. So, um, I think the key to being a good DJ is playing not just the songs that you like, but trying to read the crowd. So what I normally do is I'll play a few different songs from a few different genres at the beginning and see which one they like. And then if they like one, I'll kind of stick to that. But one of my favorite songs to play is a really old song. Some of you will know it, some of you won't. And it's Come On Eileen, because it's like, People of all ages love it. And especially if you're doing a wedding or a party where there's people from all different ages, it's really nice to see like everybody just getting on the dance floor. Lovely. And Jake Cohen, have you got a question for us? Yeah. yeah. Um, what, out of all the jobs you have, what's your favorite job? Um, do you know what? I feel lucky to have the different ones because and um, then I got to experience a little bit of everything. But I think definitely my favourite job recently was doing Good Morning Britain. You know, the show that Piers Morgan does and Susanna Reid 
does it's on ITV every morning and I got to present um, the entertainment section of that show um, so I got to talk about all the showbiz gossip it was just after the Oscars so I was talking about you know like um, Camilla Carbello and Simon Cowell and I was talking to Piers Morgan and everyone so that's probably like the most exciting job that I've had recently. Lovely. Um, any more questions from anyone of our audience tonight? In that case, I'll continue with mine because I have a large number of them. Um, so you've been an advocate for honest social media and not utilising Facetune or retouching images to help empower your followers to feel good in their own skin. What would you say to the many young people who feel the enormous pressures of Instagram and Snapchat? Um, so my thing is that I used to Facetune because I used to have like really bad acne even two years ago. I mean, I still get spots, you can see, but I used to have quite bad acne. And um, especially because I, th I think when you're in, when you have like a large following or you're in the public eye or even just for anybody, there's like a feeling online that you kind of have to be perfect. So, and I was kind of embarrassed of my skin. So I'd facetune it and make it look all nice. And especially because I used to have nice skin. So everyone would always say like, oh, your skin looks amazing. So then when I got acne, I almost felt like, oh no, people are gonna stop saying that. So I spent so much time airbrushing all my skin that then I'd hate myself more in real life because I'd seen all my pictures and then I'd see my real face and it was just making my self-esteem get lower and lower because the more I pretended to be perfect, the more it made me think that I wasn't or when I saw my friends or when I saw people at work, I'd think, oh my God, they must be looking at my skin because on Instagram it looks really nice. And um, also from being a model, I would go and do photo shoots and people would change my body shape without my permission. So I'd get the photos back and be like, oh wow, they've completely changed my body. And it would make me feel like, well, what's wrong with my body? So I started to think, do you know what? This is who I am. I can't change who I am. And I don't, it's not healthy to starve yourself. It's, you know, it's not something I want to do. And um, I just want to enjoy my life and I want people to enjoy their lives. And, you know, we all get spots and we all could, we all, none of us are perfect. Like, but I personally, I think what makes us perfect is accepting that we're not. And I think there's real confidence and beauty and power in that. So for everybody, like once, once you accept who you are, no one can pick on you really, because you're like, okay, yeah, so what I do? Or like, you know, you just accept it. And I think a lot of people are drawn to that kind of, honesty because we all wish we were a little bit more honest and so you know we want to hang around with people that are so um that's why it's really important for me um and why I would say to anyone just like get to love all your flaws because we all have them even if you know we might look at people and think well what do they have to be insecure about there will be something and the sooner we kind of learn to accept ourselves the more free that will eventually feel that's um, brilliant. I think we have another audience question. Hi, Ashley. Hi. Hi. I'm um, really enjoying hearing about your 
journey and thank you so much for sharing it with us and it's really inspiring for all the young people a uh, part of GLGB to hear that you'd never let anything you know get in your way and you just you know keep on trying I love the story about standing outside the uh, BBC studios that was a uh, great just showing your resilience to keep doing things um, my question for you is now that you have become a um, you know, an important person on social media, you must get approaches from lots of different companies and lots of different products um, and people that want you to promote them. So my question to you is how do you decide which products and brands that you want to be associated with and how you um, make those decisions? I think that's a really good question. So, um... I think for me, the most important thing is respecting my audience. So I have a following because people want to see what I say and want and like trust me. And so I've turned down like a lot of money to promote products that I just wouldn't use myself. And I would hate for anyone that followed me to be tricked into purchasing something that I don't believe in. So I've turned down like diet products and anything that I wouldn't use myself. Um, actually even today I turned down it, it wasn't for money but there was a charity that wanted to work with me um, but basically they thought I was vegan and I'm not I love meat and I know that I should be vegan but it wouldn't have been honest it would have been good for my profile to have been associated with a big charity but it also wouldn't be honest because um, you know there'll be somebody that is right for that job so I think it's just about I just think, do I like the product and would I use it myself? And would I want my sister and my friends to spend their money on it or my friend's children to beg money from their parents for this product that I'm talking about? And if the answer is no, then I'm not going to do it on Instagram. And the thing is, I might earn more money for selling more products, but my audience will eventually leave me. And also my audience probably won't buy the products that I encourage them to try if I'm constantly doing it. So I think it's just about not being greedy and respecting the people that follow you. And, um, you know, it's more, it's like a long-term thing. You might not, you might not be as rich as someone one year, but they might, that people might unfollow them the next year. And I, I know that at least I can hold my head high and especially you know, during this time with um, coronavirus and the quarantine, it's been, um, I think, you know, I've always been very grateful for the job that I do. And I've always known that it might not last forever, but I think nobody could expect that overnight, the world would need no DJs or overnight, suddenly it's only key TV presenters on television. So, um, you know, I've lost like a huge, I've lost like a lot, a big part of my job and, it would be easy for me now to work with any brand that comes my way in panic, but equally I'm not the only person in this situation and I'm definitely not the, the worst off. So I'm still not going to encourage my audience to purchase or try anything that I wouldn't use myself. Um, thanks so much for that question from the audience. Um, it's really strange times right now and we all need to make sure we're sticking together, we're being positive. Um, 
some would call you the queen of positivity. Um, what advice would you give to our young audience and their families to keep calm and stay positive right now? I think um, as I wouldn't call myself the queen of positivity, but whoever did say that about me, I think um, just know that even the queen of positivity isn't positive all the time. Like it's normal to feel fear or worry or uncertainty. Like we've never ever in our lifetime been in a situation like this and we don't know how long it's gonna last. But what I do is I think, um, first of all, there's people in a lot worse situations than us. And I just like count my blessings that I have a roof over my head. We have a government who like are able to support. When I say us, I mean like even the, the vulnerable people. I think it's amazing to read that um, what I think is the intercontinental hotels have opened the hotels to the homeless so that they can self isolate. And I just think, you know, we're really, really lucky that no matter what any of us are going through and all the uncertainty and the fear and the worry, it's okay to feel those things. But I think what I do is I try not to let it overrun in my mind. And every time I worry about something, I stop myself and I say, will worrying about this change the situation? And it's such a simple, silly thing, but it's gonna happen anyway. So I can either worry about it and it will happen anyway, or I can not worry about it and just enjoy like the downtime, enjoy reading, enjoy the sun on my face, whatever that thing might be. So whenever I get overwhelmed, I stop myself and I think, okay, but what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for having a phone so that I can FaceTime my grandma or FaceTime my friends and play games with them on the house party app. like. I'm grateful for the fact that none of our, I don't, you know, like it's not like going to war where we're being told to stay inside and that will keep us safe. Like we're so lucky that that's all we have to do. You know, like my grandparents' generation, they were told that they all needed to go and fight in a war. So that helps calm me down to think, okay, so I can watch Netflix or so I can read a book or so I can keep studying coaching. Um, and also, yeah, so it's just, when the worry kicks in, be like, I'm not going to worry about that. I don't do that anymore. What am I grateful for? What am I happy for? I'm going to pick five things that I can see right now that I'm happy for. Oh, the food that's cooking. The fact that I've got my gran on FaceTime and I can talk to her. The fact that I've got my dog who can cuddle me because he doesn't care. He's delighted that I'm home more. <laughs> and you know, so that helps me. And then also having music. Um, music can change your mood instantly. I try not to watch too much news. So I only watch the news at 5 p.m. when it's the live broadcast. I'll watch it till the end. So I'm informed. And then after that, I don't read the news. I don't look at the news. I don't listen to any rumors that go around on the WhatsApp groups about what might happen or how to stay safe. I only listen to that advice. And then I put on the happiest playlist. I've made a really happy playlist on Spotify that I can share the link with, or you guys can do it, whether it's Spotify or Apple music or the music you've already got on your computers or at home. Like think of all the songs that make you happy, all the songs where it's like great memories with your friends or your family and put them all together. And whenever you feel sad, you'd be like, Oh, time for the music and then whether it's like dancing around the living room or pretending that your water bottle is a karaoke whatever it is that like it's amazing how music can like change your mood so quickly and then um 
equally don't beat yourself up if you feel scared or you feel worried like we're all humans and I can promise you that even Boris Johnson's probably sat at home thinking like what on earth am I going to do what am I going to say like it's it's a normal emotion so don't feel like you're a failure if you're worrying that's great thank you for um sharing those words of wisdom uh you mentioned you have a playlist for um getting your mood up where can where can we find that I don't, I don't know if I can send a link on here or if I can, but it's basically on Spotify. I can definitely send a link after. I'll put it on my Instagram. Um, but it's called Mood Booster Happy Playlist. Um, so that's what it looks like if you have Spotify. Um, but there's loads, you know, you can go, if you have Spotify or Apple Music and you type in happy or whatever it is, yeah, that's the one. You found it, the Collins family have found it. I can see that. Um, so yeah just music can transform your whole mood so think of songs that um you have really good memories about and also just know that this isn't going to last forever and you know we're part of like we're part of history like people are going to be studying about this in years to come and so i think for me it's like okay it's going to be different and it's a bit weird and it's uncertain but this is going to be something that we're telling our kids or our grandkids or being like oh back in the 20s you'll never guess what we had to do and you know there's um I just think that as long as we're all doing what we're told and staying indoors and being responsible then we're lucky enough that we can talk to friends on Facebook and do zoom calls like this and have that sense of community it will be over um you know hopefully before we know it um thanks i do believe uh jlgb's just sent that link in the description so if you want to give that playlist a listen um make sure to follow the link um each evening on our show we've set a daily act of kindness for everybody today it was the 8pm clap for the nhs we um did screenshots of facetimes um what acts of kindness have you been doing in these um strange times um so i have signed up to volunteer for the nhs um i don't have a car but i've signed up to do the phone calls so um i got an email today saying they've received my application and i'm just waiting but basically i'll be hopefully getting to call some um like lonely or vulnerable people um I have a cleaner, Kelly, who comes every week and she's a friend of mine. So I have um, said to her that I'm going to pay her for as long as I can so that she doesn't have to worry about money because I'm in a position where I can still help. So I think it's really important to remember the people that are more vulnerable or more, um, you know, in a worse situation than you. So um, that's something that I've done that I'm happy with. That I know that my conscience will you know, I'll sleep well at night knowing that when this is over, I didn't leave her on her own. Um, I've been supporting a refugee charity called Help Refugees Choose Love. So I've um, donated to them. Obviously, there's a lot of um, displaced people from all over the world um, who are, you know, in really poor hygiene refugee camps. So um, there's some amazing volunteers that are still, I guess, risking their lives to get medical supplies and water and nappies and all things to them so um i'm doing that and also i guess in a minor way just trying to be positive and happy 
both on my Instagram and to friends and family who are worried. And if you're wondering what you can do, sometimes like a smile or words of encouragement can go a long way because, um, you know, sometimes as we all know, when we're in a bit of a weird mood, all we need to do is someone say to us, like, I'm here if you need, or how are you? Or just want you to know I love you. And I think that can, you know, be the best thing that you can do and it's free. Um, well, you certainly brightened our moods tonight. Um, just our last question for you tonight. Whilst we're all stuck at home, um, it's really important to look after ourselves. Uh, what self-care tips can you share with the audience? Um, for me, I think the biggest self-care is to try and stay into a routine. So even if you don't have um, anywhere to be or anywhere to go, um, you know, waking up at a set time and having breakfast at a set time and setting yourself like a challenge. So for me, I'm doing work um, from 10 a.m. until lunchtime and then I'll have my little break and then I'll maybe do like some admin around the house or I'll, you know, do whatever I've been putting off and just trying to stay in that routine. And then um, I'll watch the news at five then I'll have dinner and then I put Netflix on or a film on because I think it'd be very easy just to get stuck in waking up and being like oh well I've got nothing to do so I'm just going to watch tv or I'm not going to get out of my pajamas and I think it's really hard to stay feeling like the best version of yourself if you're not seeing any separation from daytime into nighttime and you're wearing the same clothes so um you know even today like this is my first day wearing makeup and I don't need to wear makeup at all but I I'd been wearing the same old clothes and I thought today I woke up, I was like, I'm going to do my makeup and I'm going to put on some bright clothes and I feel good for it because it's just kind of like broken up the separation between being in the bedroom and being in the living room. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Jail to be Virtual, We Are Live. And thank you again to Ashley James for joining us for that wonderful interview. We really hope you enjoyed it and we look forward to welcoming you all to our next interview with Game of Thrones actress Lara Podolska and her DJ roommate Lara Fraser. Take care of yourselves, stay safe and we hope to see you back here very soon.